0: Hello. Welcome to Ridiculous Revisions, a podcast to ruin childhood. I'm your host, Chris Hellkamp. Each episode, I take a tale told to children and offer an alternative take. One that will leave the stain on your soul just a little darker than it was before you came here. Our first episode, we butcher the tale of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. In the modern story, a little girl called Goldilocks stumbles across a strange house in the woods. She finds no one at home with the door unlocked, So, of course, she just strolls right in and helps herself. She breaks a chair by sitting in it, eats some porridge left out to cool on the table, and falls asleep in one of the three beds, only to wake up to the inhabitants of the home, a family of talking bears, looking at her. Goldilocks runs away in fear, and that's where the story usually ends. But what if there was more? Does Goldilocks really get away with her wanton acts of vandalism, theft, and trespassing? Let's find out. She pumped her little legs as fast as her seven year old body would allow. She never knew they were capable of working this hard, but she never felt terror like this before either. She could feel an ache sitting in them, telling her to stop. They'd never been asked anything like this of them before, but Goldilocks knew that stopping her slowing down now was out of the question. Her legs needed to give everything they had to give. Her heart hammered at her ribcage. Her lungs struggled to keep up with the new demand for air, and her side was starting to ache. Everything she had, and then some, was poured into the effort of getting home. Safe from pursuit. Safe from consequences. Her parents had warned her about wandering too far into the woods from the clearing where their cottage stood, but obedience was not Goldilocks's strong suit. During this latest unapproved and unsupervised adventure, she had found another cottage in the woods. No one was home and the door was unlocked, so her prepubescent, narcissistic brain took that as an invitation to make herself at home. She ate their food, broke a child sized chair, and slept in one of their beds until she awoke to the home's inhabitants standing over her. After the precious few seconds it took for her eyes to focus, the sight of what she beheld filled her with a horror that would continue to wake her screaming from her sleep for the rest of her life. They were hairy. They were muscular, they were bears, and they were angry. She couldn't remember much of the next minute as blind terror set her body to autopilot, but she had somehow escaped her predicament and now found herself running at a breakneck speed through the forest, away from the insanity of what she'd just seen. As she neared her home, the adrenaline started to fade. She ducked behind a fallen tree to catch her breath. In the minutes it took her lungs to stop fighting for air, Goldilocks began to listen for sounds that weren't coming from her. She heard the drilling of a woodpecker. She heard the chirps of other birds. She heard the gentle breeze blowing between the trees and the rustling of the leaves on their branches. She did not hear anything that sounded like an enraged bear in pursuit. She cautiously glanced to the left and the right of her, and finally peered slowly over the trunk of the dead tree. She must have stayed that way for at least ten minutes, looking out into the forest for any sign of movement. Nothing. Nothing was out of place. The only furry thing in her line of sight all that time was a squirrel climbing an oak. Goldilocks began to relax. Her heart slowed back to normal. She had escaped. And the best part? Her parents wouldn't have to know any of this. If they didn't know, she couldn't get in trouble. Sure, she might get a scolding for staying out so late, but that was preferable to whatever punishment they might think up for her if they knew she had been in a neighbor's house without anyone's permission. She got up, dusted herself off, and walked quietly back to her cottage. Goldilocks entered the cottage, quietly closing the door behind her. Both of her parents were there. Her mother, Ava, was at the stove, finishing a stew for dinner. Her father, Werner, back from a day of selling his miracle hair growth slash virility cure in the city, was seated at the table and arguing with Ava. Werner was making his case for using Ava's stew as a poison for rats. Ava replied that... If he wanted something that tasted like actual food, then maybe he could go get a real job instead of relying on a few gullible people to buy his magic tonic. To this, the father responded that Werner Locke's masculinity maximizer would soon get them more money than they knew what to do with, and that she just needed to have a little faith while its marketing gathered steam. They put the matter to rest when they both noticed Goldilocks had entered the room. Mom was the first to put her false smile back on for her daughter. Sweetie, she cooed, where have you been? You were gone for so long, you were starting to worry. Uh, I was just watching the rabbits in the forest and lost track of time, Goldilocks answered in a slightly shaky voice. Never mind that, said Werner. You're here now to help us eat this delicious food your mother made for us. I've been thinking, Goldie, that you're old enough to start getting into the family business. Tomorrow, I'm taking you into town to help me sell my wares. Everyone trusts a family man. Ava shot him a stern look. Goldilocks nodded in quiet approval while she ate her stew. Maybe it would be a good thing to get out of the forest for a bit. The rest of the meal was spent in silence, with mother and father taking turns, looking up at one another as if waiting for the other to speak, and then drifting their attention back to the lackluster food in front of them. Goldilocks awoke that night in a cold sweat. She had a dream about lying in a bed. It wasn't the haphazardly put together straw mattress of her own that she occupied now. This was a well crafted mattress of superior comfort. It wasn't too hard or too soft. It was just right. It had lulled her into a sense that everything was right with the world. Then she had blinked, and there were hairy shapes with knife like claws and long teeth on all sides, moving in for the kill. That was where she woke up. She started to go back to sleep, but something seemed wrong. Maybe she was too young to realize it, but it was too quiet out there. The animal noises that she usually heard this time of year in the forest had all stopped. No wolves howling in the distance. No owls hooting. No crickets chirping. The night was unsettlingly absent of sound. She heard something. Thump! What was that? Sounded like it was coming from the front of the house. Thump! Was that the door? Thump! That was the front door. Somebody really wanted in. By now, she could hear the stirrings of her parents in their room. She couldn't make out what they were saying but they were whispering to each other. They sounded scared. Goldilocks carefully approached the doorway of her room to watch her father rush out of his and grab a hatchet that the family used to chop wood. He readied himself for whatever was coming through that door. The piece of wood barring the door began to crack as the pounding continued. Werner told Goldilocks to hide in her room. Without question, she turned around and made to crawl under her bed. As she did so, something crashed through the wooden screen of her window. She screamed and covered her face to protect herself from the splinters. When she opened them again, one of the bears she had met earlier that day, the baby one, was pinning her to the wall. So they had followed her home. They were just sneaky about it. Werner heard the commotion coming from his daughter's room and turned to rush to her aid. But before he made two steps in that direction, the smallest bear appeared with her in the doorway. The bear was about the same height as Goldilocks. He held her in front of him, with a claw pressed to her neck. Werner froze in his tracks, unsure what to do. Then he heard another crash and a scream from his bedroom. The mama bear appeared in the bedroom doorway, holding tight onto Goldilocks's mother. Mama Bear stood a good head taller than Werner. Mama Bear stared at Werner with a look of expectation. He dropped the hatchet. Mama Bear then let out a loud growl in the direction of the door, and the pounding stopped. Mama Bear motioned to Werner to cross the room and open the door. Timidly, he obeyed. Waiting for him on the other side was the largest bear he had ever seen. Papa Bear! Papa Bear lumbered into the room on all fours, before standing up again. On his hind legs, Papa Bear was several feet taller than Werner. Papa Bear grabbed Werner by the arm, digging his claws into the flesh, and dragged him to the center of the room. Mama Bear did the same with Ava. Baby Bear kept Goldilocks in the doorway of her bedroom, where she could see everything. Papa Bear went into the parents' bedroom and returned with the bedsheet. He tore it into strips and used them to bind each human parent's hands and feet together. Mama Bear left Ava with Papa Bear for a moment while she went to get something from outside. She returned with a large cooking pot and placed it on the stove. She lit the fire underneath and they waited in silence. It was a tense hour as the pot heated to a boil. Goldilocks was confused. But she knew better than to say anything at this point. As the pot heated, she noticed a familiar smell waft through the room. It was that delicious porridge she had helped herself to earlier that day. If they wanted to bring us a meal, there are better ways to do it, she thought. But she would soon realize just how wrong her guess was. In time, the meal was thoroughly heated and Mama Bear made a nod to Papa Bear. Papa Bear picked Werner and Ava up by their clothes and dragged them forward to the stove. It seemed to dawn on them what was happening. As they screamed for mercy, Werner was the first to have his face shoved into the pot of boiling liquid for several seconds. He returned with his face unrecognizably red and swollen, sobbing in pain. He dropped to the floor. The process was repeated with Ava, and soon, both of Goldilocks's parents lay on the floor, blinded and writhing in agony. Goldilocks attempted to rush over to her parents, but Baby Bear held her in place. Next, Papa Bear grabbed hold of a nearby wooden chair, turned it upside down, and broke off two of the chair's legs. He handed a leg to Mama Bear the elder bears finally turned to acknowledge Goldilocks's presence. They gave her a single look that seemed to say, This is your fault. Then, Papa Bear brought down the table leg on Werner's ribs. Werner let out a gasp, but never had the chance to get the air back. Mama Bear joined in and cracked Ava in the shin. Goldilocks cried for them to stop. She said she was sorry, that she'd never do it again. She'd do anything for them if they'd just stop hurting her parents. But it was too late for her apologies. The bears had to send a message. They couldn't afford to be disrespected by the humans like this, even if it was just a child. If word got out about what Goldilocks had done, and that it had gone unanswered, other humans would smell weakness and start testing their luck. For the three bears to survive in their corner of the world, they needed to make sure that fear kept the humans at bay. So an example had to be made. The wooden clubs came down again and again, until Werner and Ava both stopped breathing. The three bears left Goldilocks unharmed. They knew that hurting a human child would likely have the opposite effect of what they wanted and bring an organized, angry mob at their doorstep. So they left her there, to grieve over the broken bodies of her parents. Without her parents, Goldilocks would most likely either starve to death in the woods, or leave the forest altogether to join the other humans in the city. Either way, she was never going to be a problem for them again. That's it for the first episode of Ridiculous Revisions. This episode was written and produced by me, Chris Hellkamp. The website for this podcast isn't set up yet, but if you have any questions or feedback, send an email to chris at ridiculousrevisions.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at ridiculousrevisions.com. I'm also available on Twitter under the username RidiculousRevs.